Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hey everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today we are in beautiful Tawny Town, Maryland at Brewery Fire to talk to Jason Lynn. If you've ever watched season 12 or season 14 of Ink Masters, you probably know him as Creepy Jason. Thanks for joining me, Creepy Jason. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. I'm, I'm off duty right now, so just Jason just, works. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so where where let's start there first. Where did you get the nickname Creepy Jason? And was that for just the show, or do uh, people in real life call you Creepy Jason? Nobody in real life calls me Creepy Jason. Okay. So it was kind of like a... The, the idea of being that on the show was a bad joke that I thought was going to be funny until I saw my name like really big on my station. It said Creepy Jason. And then I was like, oh, fuck, what have I done to myself? And then it clicks that it's a battle of the sexes season oh, and I'm that, calling myself Creepy yeah. Jason. And I'm like, man, I just really dug myself into a grave here. Um, but th the whole idea of Creepy Jason started with my horrible sense of humor, which is almost uh, limitless. Like there's not much that I won't make fun of. So in the shop, I'll say something pretty awful, and they'll say, "Oh, that's creepy, Jason," <laughs> and then it just kind of spun into "That's creepy, Jason." So, but during the casting process, the production wanted to know what I wanted to be called. What's my name? So I said, "Creepy Jason," and they were <laughs> like, "We gotta talk to copyright about that. We'll get back to you." And then they greenlit it, so that it became who I am now. That's hilarious. I love that it's kind of a character that you created for the show. Yeah, and essentially that's what it feels like. I put on, put on the hat, I put on the tie and suspenders, and I become that character, Creepy Jason. And you know, when I'm not working, I can go to Walmart like this, and most people don't recognize me. I'm just like every other beardy tattoo guy. Yeah, that's that's actually not even another level. I, I didn't even think about how, like, yeah, you always did wear the same, yep. not the exact same thing, but a very distinct style. Yep. Of clothes, so it's a, it's the creepy Jason uniform. It's my uniform, yeah, and I put it on <laughs> and become that character. You know, it was cool. It was great to help separate who I really am from the character of creepy Jason. So it was almost like a uh, like Clark Kent, you know, turning into Superman, but you know, way less powerful. So, are there other people on the show that were like that, where they they kind of created a character to be on the show, or yeah, there's been, there was a handful of other people previous to me who would use like fake names as well, and, and like knowing what they did, and I remembered who they were, but there have been so many people on there who I don't remember who just used their real names. I was like, fuck it, I want to be remembered. Why go on as Jason yeah. Lynn? I want to be creepy Jason because that's gonna stick. Well, and if you don't go on with um, a powerful personality on those types of shows you're not well one you're not going to make it far because you're not going to make it in through casting yeah. period and then two you are going to be the unmemorable yep no one cares it's it's not going to do anything for your career to be on that yeah. show like you're just, right you were another person that's forgotten out of the pretty much what what's it start at 12 people uh my the season or, 12 was 16 people so, okay so yeah, if you if you're boring, no one's gonna remember you out of six. No, they're gonna remember you. I mean, that's what they're casting for. They cast for personalities. They don't really care what your tattoos are like. They definitely missed on a few. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, they they know what they're doing. Yeah. Like the, the casting people are they're geniuses. You know? And but in the same regard, like I knew what they were looking for. So during the casting yeah. process, I spent on this bullshit about who I was as this 
uh, egotistical, narcissistic asshole. <laughs> I don't take shit from anybody. And then I show up and I'm Mr. Nice Guy. I'm just there to just do cool tattoos and drink and have a good time. But they want uh, they want that aggression, man. They want like conflict. They want you to get in people's faces. And at that point, it was too late for them to say no to me because I was already there. So are you saying that reality TV is not real? Yeah, I'd say I usually refer to it as three-fourths reality. There's definitely 25% of it that's total bullshit. It's all unscripted. That's the key word there, but it is provoked. Like they do they do push narratives and they push people and stories in certain directions. And then they film so much that they can just cut out what they don't want to show and they can just really focus on the few things that push the narrative that they want to yeah. develop on you. I feel like you just told me Santa Claus isn't real. Though. Yeah, man, I hate to break it to you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you, you mentioned editing. There is one one part of how Ink Masters is edited that I absolutely hate. Uh-huh. And it's the reaction shots whenever. <gasps> yes. Yeah. We, we film all of those before the scene even starts. So, so they just tell you what to do they, or they say? They say, everybody look surprised. <gasps> everybody look disappointed. Everybody look at your neighbor to the right like you're angry. <laughs> and that's it. And then they just cut that in yeah. wherever they and wanted you can, to. You can tell it's not it's not yeah. even remotely flowing. Yeah. In the, it's always the most generic, stupid BS that's said. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, wow. And when they tell you for the, the hundredth time what you're winning and you have to act like you're surprised yeah. again. What? Like, we're we're going to win that much? <laughs> yeah, what? When did that happen? Oh, that That's going to be hard. Yeah. Christ, <laughs> there, there was plenty of times we would, we would record entire scenes and then be like, you know what? Your reactions weren't big enough. We're going to do it all over again. And then you kind of have to like repeat the same dialogue and have that same energy, but higher now. And it's such a pain in the ass. So how um, you, you kind of touched on it a little bit. How did you end up on the show? Did, was there like an open casting call for it that you applied for? Not or even, what? man. I just responded to the email, which I thought was fake. So, oh, so they reached out to you. Yeah, but uh, nothing even special about it. They probably send out thousands of oh, emails. Oh, like just go through. Like, buy, actually. Everybody in my shop got the same email. Like, I thought it was hot shit, man. I'm like walking around. <laughs> I'm like, I got a call from Ink Master. And then everybody else is like, yeah, we got the same email, dude. I'm like, yeah. oh, well, fuck. <laughs> So they probably just bought a, a mailing list of tattoo artists and blast out to every Probably email not even that. that. Yeah, they probably just like, let's look at tattooers in Maryland. <laughs> Boom. And they just find all the shops and just email them all one at a time. And just, like I said, they're looking for big personalities. And the first thing after you respond to that email is a FaceTime interview. And okay. then they get to see, you know, who you are, if you're animated, you know, what's your personality is like because that's what they want so how long does it take before they even cared about the quality of your tattoo they never did <laughs> they never did yeah yeah because because the tattoos are going to happen no matter what yeah that, that that's the given thing the personality that's the hard thing to cast for so and then I, I really think i was kind of i threw them off guard i think they cast me as like a mid-tier tattooer like He's yeah. funny. He's silly. He's like a cartoon character. He'll make it pretty far. But then I show up there, and I'm like, well, fuck, man. I'm going to dominate this shit. And then I make it to the end. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they were ready for what I brought to the table. So they, as a they weren't expecting you to make it to the final round. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so at all. There's definitely, and not just Ink Masters, but almost any type of competition reality show, when you're watching it, you can 
you can almost tell just by when they're being introduced, like, oh, yeah, that person's going out yeah. in the first three episodes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can look at their portfolios alone, you know, because that, that the, the tattooing does count. Yeah. I know people think there's a lot of bullshit when it comes to that. But if you're doing bad tattoos, you're not going to stay there. It doesn't matter how cool your personality is or how much conflict you're causing. You're well, doing yeah, bad tats, you're going home. I mean, there were definitely, there's definitely episodes where one of the best tattoo artists was sent home because they, that, that was a style that they didn't do or yep. weren't good at and everything else they did was phenomenal but they that's they, it you're done man that's it only takes one bad week or they or they were assigned a canvas that couldn't sit still or oh yeah right yeah i had plenty of those this past season on 14 man it was awful something about people from new york man they know how to sit good for tattoos uh people in vancouver not so much is that where 14 was filmed yeah yep were all the were all the other ones filmed in new york and then yeah. they moved it yep. why, why did they move to vancouver was um the, the show got canceled at a certain point, and I think they liquidated all assets. Oh, okay. And then they just picked up production in Vancouver because it has the huge filming infrastructure there already. Gotcha. So they just, yeah, that's it. So it's kind of the new season is really a rebranding of the show. Well, yeah, because it's all new people. It's which, new except judges. for Dave, who he's, would just show there, up on a TV he, exactly, every once yeah, in a while. Exactly, yeah. He's there in spirit. <laughs> I was, um, after talking to you about being on. I, I I went into the the bastion of uh, positivity on Reddit, uh-huh. reading the the Ink Master subreddit. Oh my god, I try to avoid that kind of stuff, man. I I'm like I get I get all butt hurt, man. I see somebody talking shit about me. Actually, I don't I don't remember anyone. There was a lot of talk about season fourteen. I don't remember seeing anything negative about you. They were mainly. Uh, who was everyone? Who was everyone against? Um, oh, probably Gion. Yeah, I, I think was it was a, all it was, was a, all anti Gion. Yeah, which is weird because in real life that guy's cool as shit, and I he, they, he, everybody asked me about him all the time. What's Gion really? Is he really like that? I was like, no, <laughs> he's he, actually really really fun. So actually, he struck me as someone that would be really nice, but he's a game player. He, like, and just seemed really obnoxious on the show. I wouldn't even say that, but that's the editing, you know? Yeah. Like they can they can really edit you to look anyway. Coming home from this most recent season, I thought for sure I was getting a bad edit. Like, they're going to make me into a heel because I didn't just sit back. And it kind of went borderline, though. I was I, would, I was in people's faces, and I wasn't taking shit this time, man. I was I was giving them good reality. I would say early on in the season, they kind of did edit you to be a heel. A little and bit. And they, they kind of laid off on it. But then there was still dialogue later in the season of, it was mainly Gion, like kind of talking to you like you were uh-huh. a heel, even though you weren't being right. edited to be one as much yeah, anymore. Yeah, that's, that's what, and I really thought for sure I was going to get a bad rap on this one, but they, they gave me a great edit. I got two really good edits, so like I'm, I'm super thankful for Ink Master for that. They made me look way better on television than I am in person, <laughs> so thank you. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember what I was going to say I saw on Reddit now. Well, well, one of them, there was the um, the guy that was thrown off when he went to fight. Um, was it Chris? Oh, Kyle yeah. Dunbar. Yeah. Yes. He, he's on there constantly. Is now. he really? Do, yeah, oh doing Ask Me Anything. Well, he's got a podcast and, now, too. Yeah, and, yeah, so, so he's, he's, like he's on top of social media. Yeah, so he, he did a lot of lifting the veil 
Oh, did he really? Yeah. Ooh, man, but they, they love that, yeah. man. Well, I think he probably figures he's never going to be asked to be on again. So yeah, yeah, exactly. It's safe for him to burn that bridge. No shit. I'll have to go find out. Now. I was just curious, of, like, what, uh, how many curtains he pulled back for everybody? It was there were. It wasn't super bad, but there were. I I definitely remember reading a few answers thinking like there's no way the production company would like him sharing that. Right, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> did, did, the, uh, did your NDA and your contract run out? Because like, you're going to get your ass sued now, yeah. dude. So, so when uh, every season there are like strong feuds between people, are they as bad as they seem or is that like the really. kind of the creative yeah. editing? Um, season 12, the big one was Cam, who, um, if, if you've seen it, you know who the hell he is. He's got a very big personality. Um, he's actually a really cool dude in real life, but they gave him a great edit to be a bad guy. But in real life, people were just as irritated with him in person as they were on camera because his personality is very big and he's very don't take any shit and he's very cocky. But he backs it up with his tattooing. So to me, yeah. I, that, that was cool to me. It's like, I don't have a problem with that. And he owns every bit of who he is, which is also something that I admire. He doesn't backpedal. He doesn't make excuses. He's like, take it or leave it. I'm horrible with names, so I need to look him up real quickly to see which. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, They everyone hated him. Oh, yeah, everybody hated him. Everybody hated him. But after that season, him and I were like the tattoo odd couple. We were doing one or two conventions every month together. Just because we got along great on production, and after the show we got along really awesome. But it was weird, him being this tattooed like Jim bro, and then this like yeah. crusty old fucking tattoo guy, man. <laughs> like for some reason we got along great, and pe people loved it. So, are you guys kept together the whole time during filming? Season twelve was a dorm style. Okay. So we all lived together. Where the reality is formed, it's uh, where the reality is filmed. It's all upstairs. In the loft, behind the loft, yeah. are all the bedrooms. Okay. This new season, because of COVID, we were all staying in our own hotel rooms. Okay. So, which was cool because we can kind of hang out there by ourselves and, and do the alone. things that we like to do by ourselves. But it didn't have that camaraderie after hours where we're just hanging out, getting trashed together, and just bullshitting. So, yeah. there was a big, a big chunk of that was lost in the new season. Yeah. Which way did you like better? The I think I like twelve better. Like as, it's. It, it seems was, like it would it be fun. more. Yeah, it seems like it would be more fun, especially yeah. if, like you, I mean, most most industries there's a certain type of person who wants to do something. Right. So within the tattoo industry, there's definitely a certain type of person who's want to go beyond reality TV. Yeah. So you you probably had a lot of similarities between everyone. So there's definitely yes. I would I would think they're like easy, they're alpha personalities. Yeah. And it's easier to form friendships with you like you all have so much already to a degree, in common. But yeah, it's also still a or competition. Could be oil and water. Yeah. So it's just like everybody like you're you pose as a friend, you act as a spy kind of thing. So it's yeah. just like we're all hanging out, we're all having a good time, we're all buddy buddy, but once those cameras start rolling, those aren't your friends anymore. So what so was was the alliance aspect as big of a deal as they always tried to make it seem, or was that also an overblown oh, editing thing? On season twelve, I, there was an alliance between me, Cam, and Laura, and like, and that was cool. But it was more like we were an association. They call us an <laughs> alliance. Uh, but then in season fourteen, there was definitely an alliance, and I was one of their targets for the bulk of that yeah. season. So, yeah, the Alliance is a big deal. And I regret not being in one in season 14 because I would have had a way better time there. 
Okay. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations, located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together, to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs, are one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. Um, well, let's actually backpedal a little bit and talk about how you got into tattooing. Okay. And a little bit more about you. Um, so when when did you start tattooing? Um, I started getting tattooed at fifteen. That's Always illegal, been into art. Sir. Um, I think I think my dad was like, <laughs> he was like, yeah, he's sixteen. Yeah, wink, wink, wink. And they were like, we don't fucking care. Just give us money. Yeah. Um, and I was always drawing. That's always what I did. I was getting tattooed from then on, and it was about 25 when the guy that did my tattoos, he offered me an apprenticeship in their shop. I knew how to body pierce at the time, so they were like, show up, do our piercings for us, we'll teach you how to tattoo on the side. Oh, nice. It was less of an apprenticeship and more of a crash course in tattooing, but I figured it out. So that would have been when there were still coil machines, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, there were, there were rotary machines, but people weren't using those things very often at all. And it was like over the course of my 18 years tattooing, I started using less coil machines, started using more rotaries, but I still use coils, but it's all just personal preference. So that part of that back then, different from now, if I understand correctly, a big part of like actually learning how to be a tattoo artist was really just how to even maintain or build or work the machine oh yeah like i said that's i mean that was a huge part of tattooing was knowing how to tune your machines how to set them up i mean but a lot of what that was a lot of what i learned as a tattooer i didn't even teach my apprentice because it's all antiquated at this point it's a completely different industry yeah. 18 years later than it is now because of technology because ipads because of rotary devices because it just the internet like changed everything. Social media like completely reformed tattooing. There's a lot of people that hate Ink Master because they think it turned tattooing into pop culture. But I mean, but social wouldn't media you want did that. That just yeah, that brings like, you more we, customers. We all make more money off of it because yeah. of that. But everybody wants to poo-poo all over Ink Master because of what it did to tattooing. But social media did way worse to it than reality television ever could. But really, like, how is that? Like other than if you if you want to be the I like that band before they were big type well, of person, the kind of thing. Well, the problem is is that it it's it oversaturated tattooing. Oh, okay. So now there's bringing like, 
too many people into becoming tattoo artists. Too many artists. people bringing tattoo artists. Okay, and then a, so a lot of the tradition and the heritage of tattooing, a lot of like the heart and soul of what tattooing used to be, it's completely washed out now. Okay. So all I these can, young tattooers getting into it, and yeah. they don't really care about traditions. They don't yeah. care about anything, man. They're just there to do Pokemon tattoos and make money. And d don't do them well and put out a crappy product. Uh, no, I'll say the opposite, man. Oh, they're these, actually these, doing it well. These young people, they're they're crushing it, man. Oh, okay. Like my apprentice, she picked up tattooing way faster than I did. Like, she's already doing tattoos better than I was five years into tattooing. Wow. So it's because of social media. Because yeah. we're, you're more, it's in your face more. You can look up other tattooers. You're not skimming through magazines like you yeah. used to. You it can, makes sense. It's just way easier to go on YouTube and look at tutorials and shit like that. So yeah, the so learning gonna, process, man, is way faster. It's way more evolved. So if you, if you have a tattoo artist you really like, if they're on social media, they've probably posted videos at some time showing techniques. Techniques, and, tools, inks, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's way, way better to be in tattooing now from an artistic standpoint, but from like a traditional standpoint, it kind of sucks. So that so that would be from the like the aspect of like the different styles or techniques of tattooing, like not following those. Is that what you mean by tradition? No, or tradition what? as in like the tradition of tattooing, like the the apprentice mentorship. Oh, okay, man. okay, gotcha. Because once upon a time it was all hand me down information. You couldn't Google how to do a tattoo. You had to be taught it by a person. But now okay. you can, it's it's all information you can find really anywhere, and you can buy all your equipment on Amazon, and you can teach yourself to be a tattooer. Yeah, because at one time, you couldn't just buy no. tattoo equipment, right? Now, there were only a handful of supply companies, and they wouldn't sell to amateurs, only to professionals, but now even a lot of the supply companies, they'll sell to anybody that you, uh, who's got the money to pay for it. Give me the money. Yep, that's what I said. <laughs> it's, it's all, yeah, it's, it's capitalism yeah, at its just, finest. I was just going <laughs> to say, capitalism always wins. Yeah, it did, man, yeah. So, like I said, it, it's, a, it's a good and it's a bad thing, man. Like, it definitely made the art of tattooing a lot better. We're all making more money off of yeah. it, but it's a changing of the guard. I would still say it's a net positive. I would, I, mean, I would say that too. I mean, especially because from the standpoint of, I mean, even ten years ago, if you showed up somewhere completely tatted up, you're going to be judged. And but I, I didn't mind that. Yeah. Well, and that's I mean, the other thing too is like the whole tattoo acceptance in the workplace thing. Like when I started getting tattooed, you know, I had a full sleeve when I was twenty, and it wasn't a socially acceptable thing yeah. even back then and, and that's why I did it you know because it was a fringe art and it was yeah. fucking cool and edgy but now it's cool and edgy to not have tattoos you know because now it's <laughs> yeah. everybody's fucking god you know it's yeah. like, now it's like the reason I did it is null and void yeah and I, get, I guess I could see it from that standpoint although I still always go back of looking at it like as you from a business owner that it's still 100% a yeah. net positive. Dead. At the so, end of the day, man, you're yeah. looking at that bottom line, dude. You know, it's just like my, my fucking yeah. pride isn't paying any bills. You yeah. know, so it's people bringing me money for tattoos. As, as long as you like money, the more, the more tattoos are accepted and the more people who want them, yeah. the better Fuck off it. you yeah. are. I mean, I'm, I'm a sellout. I, I, I did it twice on television, so I have no problem doing it every day. I, I don't think there is any problem whatsoever <laughs> about being a sellout. Yeah, like, man, I didn't sell out. I bought in. Yeah. You know? People who are against selling out just don't have anything to, to sell yeah, out on. Exactly. <laughs> they have no product. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I... So... The different the different types of machines are one thing I 
I found interesting on watching Ink Masters is how some of you would switch back and forth between using coil or rotary. I and do, yes. What 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 is the reasoning? Like, what are the pros and cons between the two? Um, the coil machines, I'm just used to lining with them, so that's pretty much what I line okay. everything with. Rotary machines, I feel like they're more efficient at doing what they need to do, so they're causing less trauma to the skin, so I can get that done faster, and then the tattoos are going to heal better because of that as well. Because I'm I'm doing less layers, it's not beating up the skin as much. But then it also just comes down to personal preference. Like some tattooers just still use coils for everything. Some tattooers using rotaries for everything. It's I could buy a whole uh, rotary kit for uh, $90. It'll be at my house tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and there's been tattooers who, who buy like the really cheap crap ones off of Amazon and are like surprised these ones work just as good as the $900 ones that y'all are buying because they're all made in the same factories in China you know they just got different labels on when they come over here and I mean it is a very simplistic technology pretty much it's just a motor inside there that's spinning yeah just a rotary rotary engine man that's it I mean I guess maybe the longevity of it would be the difference but from an actual functional standpoint, there, there, there's not going to be a eight hundred dollar difference in no, in there, there isn't. There isn't. Yeah, I wish I would have knew that before I spent eight hundred dollars on my last tattoo machine. So. Yeah, but then you look cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> my my black gloves on, you yeah. know. Yeah, it looked tough. I mean, I could be doing this on a hundred dollar recorder <laughs> right. instead of this eight hundred dollar one, but this yeah, looks cooler. It looks cool, man. It's got <laughs> those fancy yeah, lights on it. It's got all kinds of buttons and and let's levers and lights <laughs> yeah it's i guess it's the same thing with tattooing i mean tattooing is it's all about the image it's literally what our jobs are about so you got to look good doing it too so when you started out you would have been hand drawing all of your stencils right uh actually no or, i was using photoshop to design my okay. tattoos even you know 18 years ago when people were still just hand drawing stuff I'm in there on Photoshop, like tracing shit out, okay. like blowing the fuck away. People are like, I didn't even know you could do this with a computer. Uh, and then people crapped all over it back then because it was like cheating almost. It was so easy. Yeah. But now the industry standard is iPads. Every tattooer has an iPad yeah. and they draw on them. Yeah. And that's uh, my my artist. That's oh, yeah. what he yep. does. Because it's easy. Why the hell? I do it now yeah. too. It's, it's yeah. great. He, he draws it on the yep. iPad, prints out the, the stencil, and he has a stand <laughs> yeah. for his iPad so he can... Reference it while he's... Yeah, that's it. And, and it's stuff like that that's made tattooing way better as an art form. I buy my beer at District East in downtown Frederick, Maryland. They have an amazing selection of local and hard-to-find beers, and I love the option of making my own mix-and-match custom six-pack. District East is on Northeast Street in Frederick, in the same shopping center as Showroom Restaurant and Rockwell Brewery. Most weeks, they have over 950 beers in stock. Check out this week's selection at www.districteastbeer.com. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. So what I, um, 
I probably should remember this because it's always beat into your uh, in your face during the show. But what are your specialties? Uh, color, neo traditional, and new school. I'd say probably are my specialties. But I went up in a tattoo shop. That's where my or in a I was apprentice in a street shop. So and that's you do whatever walks in the door. So okay. if it's black and gray, if it's traditional, if it's tribal, if it's new school. Do people still ask for tribal? You would be surprised how much is coming back right now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess everything from the 90s is it's, popular It's getting now. big again, yeah. I just saw some kid the other day get kanji, Japanese letters, on, the, on his neck. And I was like, get the fuck out of here, there dude. Was, <laughs> there was a, um, uh, I think he was Vietnamese, uh, either a Vietnamese, Vietnamese or Korean tattoo artist in Pittsburgh uh-huh. who ended up getting in deep crap and i can't remember what level of uh judicial punishment he got but when people were coming in asking for stuff he would put things like dumb white man yeah i mean that's like the urban legend is that that shit used that urban legend came from i mean you can you can search and find the newspaper (laughs) articles of this guy and uh, he w- it was right on the University of Pittsburgh campus, right That's off of there. Funny. Not all heroes wear capes, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so maybe that, that's where their legend originated from. Yeah, it could be, it, man. It definitely happened. Damn. <laughs> but that's why, I mean, I would never want to go get some tattooed on myself that I couldn't just look at and read. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I got I got them on my wrist, you know, right there. But I, mean, I did these when I was an apprentice, and I know yeah. that it says General So's Chicken. <laughs> so you put on yourself what someone may have put to, yeah, to mess yeah. with you. <laughs> oh, so you just went and got a menu. And yeah, pretty much. I took it right off the menu, literally. That is hilarious. So are there are there certain um, types of tattoos you won't do? Oh, there's, there's more that I won't do than I will do at this point. Only okay. because I've, I have the luxury of being really picky with yeah. what I get to do. So I, I want to do stuff that I enjoy doing, stuff yeah. that's fun, weird, and creative, stuff that's going to, like, push my drawing. So I don't take a lot of shit that's portraits. It's just tracing out someone's face. Yeah. It's boring to me, you know? So I like to just really focus on fun, weird shit. Um, what about locations on the body? Is there anywhere you just, like, I'm not going to put a tattoo there? Oh, no, I'll tattoo any body part that they have, as long as they can, you know, uh, afford my handling fees for certain things. <laughs> so. you try, is there an upsell for the lower region? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it depends <laughs> on who they are. Yeah. <laughs> so what it, like, I, because I've seen things where, like, some tattoo artists will say, like, they will never tattoo someone's hand if they don't have a sleeve. And that's the that's the traditional side of tattooing okay. that I was talking about. That's so, old so school that's like, tattooing. Oh, okay. Is, yeah, no hands, necks, or face for people that don't have a lot of tattoos. But you see kids walking around today with what we call millennial body suits, and they just have <laughs> their hands and their necks tattooed. They don't have sleeves yet or anything because yeah. they're doing it backwards. And that's, that's the downside of what, what – tattooing a pop culture has become yeah it's funny my my brother-in-law and i um over my family celebrate i I grew up in pittsburgh we were up in my wife and i were up in pittsburgh to do our pittsburgh family uh christmas Mm -hmm. over the weekend and it was her grandmother's 100th birthday wow so we were celebrating uh her 100th birthday so i was hanging out with my brother-in-law and i was telling him that i was going to be interviewing you 
So we were just talking about tattoos, and he has full sleeves and his leg. He actually had, like, talking about traditional, his, uh, I think it's his left calf, was done in Hawaii, like the, well, what's it called, where they, like, use a hammer and... Uh, it's like Tapau. Yeah, so yeah. He, he had one of those done by, like, if I, if I was good with names, I would oh, remember Jesus, the guy's man. name. It's like, it's like one of the... I probably heard like hell. <laughs> Yeah, he yeah. said it. <laughs> it. But it was really cool. Him and his, my wife's sister were there for their honeymoon. And he just emailed this guy who's known for doing those. And that the dates he would be there, he's like, well, I'm not going to have my apprentice with me. But if you have someone with you that can stretch your skin while I'm working and work as my apprentice kind of. Oh, interesting. I can do it. So. Both him and his wife got tattooed with them being each other's. Yeah, each other's apprentice yeah. for him. Oh, that's wild, it. man! That's pretty cool. So we were talking, and it was so like obviously he's got tons of tattoos. I have tattoos. I'm not against tattoos, but we were out someplace, and I, I was saying to like, I definitely judge people who have hand tattoos, especially if you can't see yes. any anywhere else. Oh like yeah, if yeah. there's if there's nothing on your arm, but yeah. I see stuff on your hands, like yeah. I instantly. I, I'm the same way, man. That it irks the hell out of me, dude. It's, <laughs> it's etiquette, dude. Like yeah. your hand is it's the crown of that tattoo. It's the last thing you put on. It's the same same with your throat. Like you do that after you get a chest piece, after you build up around it. It's like you got to earn those spots. Yeah, she may as well just get thug life on your stomach. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had someone ask you to do that? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I ever actually had. I mean, maybe like early in my career I did. What about if so if, if someone comes to you and wants a face tattoo, will you do a face tattoo? If they have a lot of tattoos, I will. But it, yeah. but you'll follow the traditional yeah, yeah, rules absolutely. on all that kind of stuff? Yeah. And even so, like I get people that come in for hand tattoos, even if they have a full sleeve, I'm like, dude, are you sure you want to do this? There's no going back from yeah, this. Yeah, like that's a, com a commitment. Like I don't think yeah. I could ever... Yeah, I was tattooing probably for 10 years before I even did the backs of my hands because of the negative stigma that comes with that. Or at least then there was. Nowadays, yeah. like, nobody gives a shit. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. It probably would have no effect on me, find, like, being able to get another job yeah. or something. Exactly. You know, and, like, are you going to be a successful SoundCloud rapper if you don't have tats on your face? No. <laughs> so it's the inverse for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> So that I okay, I, that makes sense for, to me from like the the traditional standpoint, yep. of like those type. What so what other types of traditional? Well, I guess we'll call them rules. Would there have been when, that were passed down through the the apprentice model as opposed to like people just starting out now? Oh heck, man! Oh man, I don't know. Like that, that's a big thing is the the hands next. And faces, uh, like tattooing minors, that's another big one. Like, usually, no, no kids getting tattooed. Yeah. Um, yeah, that probably so much more prevalent now with some. It is, like, yeah. Uh, I don't have a problem with this. Some Fuck it, man. teenager yeah, ordering up a rotary tool on Amazon and tattooing all if their they friends. Come in the shop, if, if I don't do it for them the right way, then they're going to have their friend do it for them the wrong way. Yeah. They're going to go to another lesser shop who's cutting corners, who's going to hack them up and just take their money. Yeah. So, and plus, and, you know, five years from there, they have more expendable income. That's a client at that point. You know, you hook them when they're young and you yeah. can just keep reeling them in. Um, are, are there certain styles you've always been 100% against you wouldn't tattoo? 
Oh, I think I've tattooed just about every style of tattooing there is. I mean, there's a lot of styles that I am not comfortable with, but like more traditional Japanese and traditional American, uh, tribal, I really get bored with fucking doing. But I'll fucking do anything, man, if it pays the bills. <laughs> Which I I admire that 100%. I, I mean, that's I how fooled. tattooing used to be. That's yeah. what it is. We're land pirates. So, like, we're this is how we pay our bills. So, something walks in the door and they want something, you do it for them. Yeah, and, like, it must, yeah, like, back when it was more counterculture and rebellious yep. to get a tattoo, it yeah. had to, like, I would definitely see how it would be way more like that. Yeah, and then there was only one tattoo shop in a county, maybe. You know, now you have 40 tattoo shops in a county. Oh, God, like Frederick, they're just popping up all over yeah, the place. Yeah, that's, that's how it is. You know, back in the day, you know, you walk into that one shop where there's like two dudes who have been doing it for decades, and yeah. you tell them what you want, and they draw it up for you there. You pick it off the wall. Although what's in it, and it's probably like that in every town where, like in Frederick, it's almost like uh, could be analogous to like football coaching trees, where like this shop has spun off these two shops, and that's, this shop has oh, spun off. Oh yeah, man, <laughs> that's the other thing, dude. Like every time you take an apprentice, you're training your competition because yeah. <laughs> it's only a matter of time till they were like, "Fuck it, I'm opening my own shop," because why not? And that's the other thing. Social media has made that way easier for tattooing. Because you build up that clientele. Because the tattooer's building up the clientele. It's not the shop's reputation anymore. It used to be, oh, this shop is really good. Go see who's working there. Now it's like, oh, that guy works in this shop now. Or he works in that shop. Or he has his own shop. People are following tattooers. They don't care about the shops anymore. So do do you put a lot of effort and thought into your social media because of that, or? Oh hell no, I hate social media. (laughs) I don't don't put much effort or thought into it at all. I just like post some dumb shit just so I can get some likes, and then you know put my phone down again. What um, what type of effect did Ink Masters have on your business? A huge effect, very very huge. I was big fish in a small pond here in Carroll County. I had a good reputation, but my footprint was very small. Yeah. Uh, going on Ink Master, coming home from that, now I have clients flying in from California. They're driving down from Boston. They're coming up from all over the place. And it gave me the very weird luxury of saying no to people that I don't want to tattoo. Because once upon a time, I said yes to everything. You yeah. want a deer skull? I'll do it. You want a browning logo with camouflage in it? Yeah, I'll do it. Because that's how Are I pay my bills. you you won't do a browning logo with Not the- anymore, yeah. Damn yeah. it. Yep. I was going to ask you when we were done if I could get that as a back, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As a back piece. Yeah, as a whole back, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it, was, uh, it went from tattooing to pay bills to really, like, refueling my passion for tattooing all over again. Because now I get to pick and choose what I want to do and take the stuff that I am passionate and creative yeah. about that's a people try so often to say like the the cliche of like money doesn't buy happiness and stuff but it affords so many luxuries it affords like comforts and yeah, luxuries and, but, but I, like, I tried cuddling money at nighttime <laughs> and it just isn't the same <laughs> but like how you just said like it brought back your passion for your craft right but in, and that was a direct result of you making enough of money being successful where, where you don't have to do that tribal arm piece yeah, to, yeah. to pay the bills because yep. you know if you tell that person no, there's the Browning guy right behind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So it was weird, man. I was like, uh, went 
I don't even know, maybe 13 years of just saying yes to everything that walked in the door. And then all of a sudden I got too many requests and I'm telling yeah. people, no, I don't want to do this. No, this isn't what I do anymore. And people are getting butthurt over it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, this is just how it is now. Like, yeah. You had a long time to get your Browning logo from me. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> So how about a Glock hand piece? Will you do that for me? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would look really good right here, disconnected from all this yeah. white skin. <laughs> um, so that I, um, I always have a hard time remembering what, what the different styles are, like the neo-traditional and uh, new, new wave. What, like, can you give a short descriptor of what each of those kind of styles kind of encompass? Yeah, we'll start with traditional. So traditional American is uh, bold lines, bright colors, limited color palette. And then it jumps up to neo-traditional where you can have varied line weight, thick lines, thin lines, fat lines, and then your color palette is more broad. And then from there you can go to new school, which is more like graffiti art. So it's wild proportions and it's a very exaggerated and your lines are sculpted, your colors are blended, and then you can go to black and gray. And that does the same as the other styles, it's just without color. Okay. What 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 do you consider the most fun? New school. By just the, the It's got the limit. most tricks in it, man. It's like it's anything that you can do, you can do it in new school. The limit limitless uh it's like the wild possibilities west of yep. and mine are all Boring, I guess. <laughs> traditional, I guess that would. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, unfortunately, like, new school tattooing hasn't been like very popular since the '90s, but I still yeah. love doing. It's what got me into tattooing. It's what I still love doing. I, I though that seems to be what's some of the most popular on social media for like the some of the more popular tattoo artists that do a lot of that. Those are the ones that seem to have. The, the large followings. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pure artistry. That's the unique thing about new school is that you have to be able to draw. You have to illustrate. You have to take this two-dimensional object and see it three-dimensional and give it all the contours and convexes and, and turn it into something that looks lifelike and weird and bizarre, whereas traditional tattooing is just flat. Yeah. Um, so you had earlier... Uh, mentioned SoundCloud rappers, uh -huh. and that's something that is often used as a derogatory term by like old school rappers. Like I'll hear interviewers, oh, yeah, interviews with like a '90s rapper, uh -huh. like di crapping on. I can, I can see, SoundCloud I can see rappers. the parallels between rapping and tattooing. So, so that's yeah. what, <laughs> that's what I was going to ask you. Is there a name for the? I got my t tattoo gun off of Amazon oh, and just started tattooing um, on uh, for social media. I don't think there media. is, man. I feel like there should be. Maybe there is. I just don't know what it is. Yeah, that, I feel like there could be definitely a creative name for that. For like young millennial tattooers, yeah. Or like yeah, these, these Gen Z tattooers. I have no <laughs> clue. I mean, we have like kitchen magicians and scratchers. Those are home tattooers. Yeah, but nothing for like young tattooers. I don't know. I have to, I have to look that one up. Maybe you can be the one to coin yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that term. Is there um, is there a tattoo you've done that like is the, what you're the most proud of that one in your mind that you can think of? I'd say the back piece that I did on the most recent season of Ink Master with the the wizard and the that was chicky statue and the dragon. It was like to me that was like this is everything I love about 
tattooing and illustration and it's, it's creative it's fantasy art it's telling a story and yeah. one image and that's what i love about it so speaking of fantasy why don't we shift gears a little bit and talk about your other project that you have going on that isn't quite launched yet but it, you definitely have working prototypes uh yes so you will be launching a Kickstarter for a board game called Dystopian Nights. Yep. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Boy, man, that's a, how much time do we have? Because we can, we, can, we can go, like, for hours about this. So. I mean, I told my wife I was going to be late <laughs> today, so really, we're on your schedule. All right, so the, I guess the idea came a couple years ago. I love tabletop RPGs. I love, I love role-playing games in general. I love fantasy and science fiction, and it just dawned on me, like, why don't I just make my own role-playing tabletop game system why don't i make my own board game um then it just the project just evolved over years and years and years and it, it developed into this thing called dystopian nights which turned into this two to four player tabletop role-playing adventure game and it's loot based i steal a lot of mechanics from dungeons and dragons and magic the gathering and i try to really encompass what loot-based gaming systems like video games like Borderlands were like, but on a board game. Um, and it's just another weird creative outlet for me to, to dig my fingers into. And it was an addiction. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it's a big part of the reason why my last relationship failed was because once I got hooked in developing this game and drawing the 350 cards and developing the mechanics, it consumed me. Like, I was like, this was everything I wanted to do when I wasn't tattooing. And it seems to be, from the videos I've watched, the, the few you've posted, expansive. Like, it's not some simple... It's like, it's simple enough. Like, it's, it's just basic math to play it. So, yeah. like, once... You, you play for a half an hour, you'll get it. Like, everybody yeah, not, gets it. not expansive in that, like, that would be like ludicrously hard to figure out but like there it's not one dimensional oh it's like the, it was world building that's how I like yeah to put that's, it. like yeah it that's was, the perfect way of what it, i'm trying to it say it started as just like a game but then i'm developing races and i'm developing you know subclasses and then there's like gods to these creatures and then there's you know elements and that it's just like i said it literally turned into world building like i'm waiting for netflix to want to buy the rights so they can make an animated <laughs> series is um is it finished now or are you still tweaking it before it? Launches? I am always. I, I I was drawing stuff for it today before we came here because <laughs> the game is done. The mechanics are finished. Yeah. But I will never not stop working on artwork for it and just trying to make it even. Just push it over that that next one five percent. You know, just cooler. Yeah. Well, I mean, the beauty too though is if you if if you designed it in the right way, there's always expansion packs. There's already like four of them lined up. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I, got a, I got expansions for like years lined up. So when um, when do you plan on launching it? Spring. Okay. Yeah. So it'll be maybe early summer, late spring. I got four conventions coming up this year. I want to go bring the game out there and do demos or at least lay it out on the table so people can see it, build up my mailing list. Yeah. So when I go to Kickstarter, it'll be even more successful. Have... Um do you have do you have multiple copies of it yet? I have one prototype copy of it that okay. I've been using. There's um there's a, there's a uh, a business based in Frederick that hosts tabletop gaming nights oh. at breweries. 
and it's called Ale Ventures. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, the hell yeah. So I need they, to team up with them then yeah, and bring my, can, my game down and prototype it with them. Yeah, I can put you in touch with them. But they, Absolutely. I'll their whole it. thing is teaching tabletop gaming to people. And they, like, they, there's a, actually a large They've had it at least 10 different breweries where they have a game night where people can come and yeah. they, they Ta- facilitate. Tabletop the, gaming is like a weird niche huge audience right now. I think it's our generation that's putting down the video game controllers and they're getting together with their friends and they're yeah. drinking beer. They're sitting on a table and they're it's bullshit a much more and rolling dice. Yes. Um, yeah, I'll put, I'll put you in touch with them. That would be a... Awesome. Host a, a Dystopian Nights game night oh, at, I would a, love it. at yeah. a brewery. Um, maybe even Brewery Fire. I think... Oh yeah. No, yeah. I don't think they've ever had... I don't think they've ever had Ale Ventures here. Um, but they, they've they've been at several of the breweries in Frederick. He's, I've seen them advertise going out to oh, some in yeah. Columbia. And, yeah, so this is my too. my magnum opus. That's how I look at it. So <laughs> like, I'll, I'll probably never stop tattooing. But if this takes off, that's this is where I want to spend ninety percent of my time is working on game design. Well, I would assume doing the game design is much easier on your body. Not then. just it's way easier on my body. Well, I mean, I don't know. I like sit in my bed all slumped over a laptop, man. Like, <laughs> well, I guess it could be. Yeah, much yeah, it could be. yeah. but it's, it's definitely it's way more creative than just I do a single tattoo. That person loves that tattoo, but if I do a board game and it's immersive and it's world building, yeah. then thousands of people can enjoy that. Even long past, I'm dead. Like yeah. people could be playing this thing for decades. And I was looking, and it seemed like. Kickstarter is almost like a a go-to place for tabletop gaming. Absolutely. It's like every tabletop game is like 600% funded. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, put that energy out there for me. Yeah, yeah 600%. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it seems to be like a, a like people who are into tabletop gaming obviously are going to Kickstarter. They're looking for it. To find new ones. The next to, big, cool, yeah. weird tabletop game, you know, and then it'll turn people like me into millionaires in less than a month. <laughs> so that's the plan, at least. So so do you have a manufacturer and everything lined up already, or is that the type of thing you still need to do? I got two that I've been talking to, but I'm going to wait for I, the Kickstarter, assuming it funds, and then yeah. I get the money. Because then it's all about how many units it is, like, and then I can go to the different uh, manufacturers and just yeah. see who's going to price it out the best. Yeah, that seems like th- like that kind of stuff would be a headache. That is dealing awful. with the uh, with the manufacturers. I did a um, a card game last year um, just to kind of put my pinky toe in the water to see what Kickstarter was like, see what manufacturing is like. And then to see what importing is like and import taxes and distribution and all the other like these things I didn't consider on the back end. Like, I just want to make games. I didn't realize like all this other shit you got to deal with, man, is like it's awful. It's a pain in the ass. Is uh, are there um, there's probably there's probably no one U.S. based that's manufactured. There isn't, man. I couldn't find one. I I was really hoping to because shipping my card game from. China to the United States was at the peak of the shipping crisis. Oh, geez. And it was like, like and that kicked, like, pretty much my entire Kickstarter went straight to just shipping and handling of the game. Yeah, that, that, le- that at least has calmed down and it's a little back bit. closer to normal pricing than yeah. the outrageousness it reached during yeah. COVID. But even then, the manufacturers, they can't tell you 
they, they can say, yeah, you can order the game here six months from now when it's done and we're shipping it. We can't tell you how much it's going to be to ship. You just yeah. have to just prepare for that in your Kickstarter and add that on as well. Cross your fingers and hope for the best. That's it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how, how many different people have gotten to play it, play it now? Oh, man, it's probably been maybe 15, 20 people have played it with me. And we're talking gamer people who yeah. love it and then noobs, people who've never played tabletop games before. Just as, That's the people I really want to, to test yeah. because if they can pick it up, then anybody can pick it up. Yeah, because if, if like, well, me, I've never, like, I've played Monopoly. Right. Uh, but if I could figure it out and, <laughs> yeah. and figure out, like, the, your core audience of tabletop gamers right. are definitely going to be able yeah, and to. I want this to be kind of like a gateway tabletop game where people who are not tabletop gamers can pick this up and be like, oh, so this is this world of tabletop games, and they can start rolling some dice, and they can see what it's about, and then they can branch off into bigger, more complicated games from other designers. It, it the um would no surprise the artwork is awesome. Oh, it lo- it's a very visually appealing game. Yeah, it's um, pretty it's pretty stupid looking, which I absolutely love. It's yeah. very colorful and very ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's entertaining. Yeah, it, like, to look at it, you like it. It brings a smile to your face. That's it's, the point, yeah, man. It's yeah. goofy. It doesn't it doesn't take itself very seriously at all. Like yeah, it's, it's full of like, dick and fart jokes and it's <laughs> full of like. 80s movie references and music references so you're, you're gonna have fun looking at the cards and reading all the content that's in there because it's it's silly so how how do people stay up to date on that uh go to the instagram which is dystopian underscore nights um, or on my website creepyjason.com there's like a little pop-up that just takes you there as well and you, you you have a you're building a mailing list for that, right? So yeah, it's on my it. website as well and then I'll probably figure out another one to do as well um, I think we've covered everything, right? Well, we didn't. Uh, where's your shop? What's the name of your shop? Where oh, is my it? tattoo we shop is a House of Madness yeah. Tattoos. We're in Hampstead, Maryland. Been there for 13 years now. Um, so how did you get mixed up with these morons being uh, Dave and Jesse? <laughs> uh, one of my of buddies went to college with Jesse and was like, hey, man, there's this brewery over <laughs> at Taldy Town. Uh, you know, they've got nerd shit in there. And I was like, oh, cool, let's go take a look. <laughs> I love nerd shit. Yeah, I love nerd shit, man. So, and I was like, wow, man, they do got tons of nerd shit in here. And I started doing trivia here. And uh, and there's not uh, 50 fucking kids running around, which yeah. I absolutely love about breweries, is when they don't have kids running around them. Were, were you coming here when they made the Czech Pilsner named Chris P-Boy? Uh, yes, I was. That was, that was, was with me. Oh, yeah. nice, I, I, that was me on the can as uh, Silent Bob. Oh, I and didn't I think know it that. Was it, yeah, and Jesse was Jay. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn, man. They, they keep saying they're going to make it again, but they have not yet, so... Maybe we'll go harass Just shoot us some dirty looks. This and, yeah, they yeah. keep saying they're going to make it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that beer. It was so good. Uh, so how do people keep up to date on you? Oh, I'm a creepy underscore Jason on Instagram or creepyjason.com. Fully embracing the character. That's it, man. It's it's unfortunately who I am. And the uh, my, my therapist loves it because of the identity crisis <laughs> that, it, that it put me through. So <laughs> Want to answer some stupid questions? Let's As do it. if these ones have been good, but okay. th- these ones are even lower uh, awesome. quality. Who would win in the battle between a ninja and a pirate? Oh man, I'm gonna go. Uh, a, a ninja would win. As much as I love pirates, man, ninjas. Uh, ninjas got the sneak attack. You're unfortunately wrong. It's definitely a pirate. Oh fuck. <laughs> 
What would the title of your biography be? Ha, dude, this is funny you say this. I actually have a list in my phone <laughs> of uh, of possible autobiography titles. Hold on, let me. I'm gonna pull this up right now. You were my first guest to have uh, that at hand. Oh my god, is it <laughs> is it on my other phone? Son of a bitch. Okay, I'm gonna go off the top of my head. One of them was um, "Don't piss on that chair." It's vintage. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them were um, pee related. It's really kind of weird. I don't yeah. understand that one. Another yeah. another session with your therapist yeah, dedicated yeah, right. to that. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, dang! I don't have my list of autobiography uh, titles on this phone. That's oh. sad. Do you wash apples before eating them? No, no, I don't. No, no one. Surprisingly, no one does. Nobody does that. You shouldn't do that. I assume they're washed when I buy them. Like, they, who they, wants to buy dirty food? Uh, from what I've been told by the few people who do wash them, they are absolutely not clean. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you're eating all kinds of. Well, I feel like it's better for my stuff. immune system that way. They, Fuzzy, if you, if you knew where my mouth has been, trust me, a dirty <laughs> apple isn't the worst thing I've had in my mouth. <laughs> that is what the title of your uh, autobiography should <laughs> yeah, be. Right. If you knew where my mouth has been. <laughs> uh. Best fast food French fries. Defend your answer. Oh, man. I'm going to go Wendy's on this one. Um, I don't know why, man. I just like their fries the best. I'm re I'm all about Popeyes. Asian really? Fries. I haven't even had Popeyes. They're really fries. good. Ew. And they have a new blackened chicken sandwich uh -huh. that instead of having their breading on it, it's just a blackened seasoning and is absolutely phenomenal. Oh, oh, oh. I'm all about Popeyes right now. Damn. Does pineapple belong on pizza? 100%. You're wrong again. No, yeah, I'm, no sorry, I'm definitely right on that one, dude. I will, <laughs> I will eat pineapple off of anything. I mean, pineapple belongs in a lot of places. Pizza is not one of them. Is Nickelback a good band? No, it is not. Don't, don't even try to argue that one with me. <laughs> Look at this service. <laughs> oh, thank, thank you. you like that. Ooh. It's really good. That's what I was drinking before there. Hellas Lager. Oh, it's good. Festivus for the rest of us. Uh, Festivus for the rest of us. How do you feel about garden gnomes? Oh, uh, well, like sexually or like <laughs> as far as in my garden? You were also the first person <laughs> to add that quantifier uh, <laughs> yes. in. I'm really uh, into short bearded men. <laughs> just, <laughs> uh, just in general. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am a proponent of garden gnomes uh, really anywhere, honestly. What is your most prized possession? Oh, okay. This is a good one. So I would probably say it is a severed mummified human hand. How did you get that? From another collector. He was wow. selling it. And I was like, if I don't buy this, I'm really going to regret it. I'm oh. never going to see it ever again. Is it legal to own human It is legal parts? to own human remains as long as they're acquired lawfully. That's, okay. that's the key thing there. So is it like serialized or what? No, I don't. I don't know anything about it other than it's it's a severed hand. How much does a severed hand cost? Twenty five hundred dollars. I would have expected more. Right? Yeah, that's although a, that's a pretty good deal the, to me. The supply, like, it's probably one of those things where it's. I don't know. There's probably plenty of people who would like a severed hand. Yeah, I mean yeah, that's the most I've ever paid for a handy. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, have. Am I correct in remembering that I've seen in pictures that you have like a full Han Solo and Carbonite? Yeah, I have a life-size Han Solo and Carbonite, yeah. And that was I mean, not even a drunk buy. That was sober Jason was like, I need to buy this. I need to own this. And uh, That I, had to be more than $2,500. That was like three grand. 
Yeah. yeah. But it's also in my shop and it's a business expense. So yes. <laughs> that's right. <Yes>. Off. <laughs> um, what goes in the bowl first, cereal or milk? Cereal does. Who the fuck puts milk in the bowl first? That's crazy talk. I've met a couple people who have answered that. Really? Um, I've shown those people. I, I've told them that they're psychotic <laughs> uh, and they cannot be trusted. The only person who said that had that it, a semi answer that I would accept was that they hated soggy cereal. So they kind of they put the milk in the bowl and then would have another bowl with the cereal and then would like dip in. So that's like people who dip their salad into the dressing, which that to me is reasonable, but you dip each spoon into the milk? Yeah. That's fucking weird, man. I would just not eat cereal. Yeah, that's that's a lot of work. Plus, soggy cereal is kind of awesome. You do it enough where you have the top layer that doesn't get oh, wet yeah. and the soggy under layer yeah. and you get both of them. You fruity get that, Pebbles, man, yeah. are like, yeah, great that's for it, that. That's what yeah. I had in my oh, mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is the best gift you've ever received? Oh, man, like non-sexual or sexual? What? <laughs> 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 Whatever the best one Oh, is. okay, okay. I don't know. Oh, man, fuck. Man, best gift I've ever received. I don't know, man. I'm not really... I don't. I have no fucking clue, honestly. I have the worst memory ever. Pretty much, anytime you ask me a question that starts with "Do you remember?", I'm not gonna remember. Same here. My memory has gotten so That's garbage. awful. It was baby. bad even before I started doing a lot of edibles. Now it's, it's way, <laughs> way worse. <laughs> I have uh, some friends that took some edibles for the first time in forever. Uh huh. Um, and the person that gave them to him, instead of advising to take like five milligrams, which would be a reasonable the, um, for, a, for for a first time, yeah, told him to take twenty five. Oh my god, dude! They're probably feeling they were, that shit for days. They thought they were gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I actually shoot Dude. for that now. Like I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for that near death edible experience <laughs> nightly. <laughs> when uh, I met Kevin Smith over the summer, and he was stumbling high. <laughs> Nice. I would expect nothing less. Yeah, I mean, it was like, yeah, it was. It wasn't like, oh, like, oh my god, I can't believe he's like that. It was like, oh yeah, that checks out. <laughs> awesome. As a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, I wanted to get in the movie special effects. Yeah, like practical effects. Oh, cool. Yeah, not 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 a fun answer on that one, but it's a it's oh, pretty realistic. A- yeah, it's like- what would your stripper name be? Oh man, uh, Angus Beef. I I would have accepted just Creepy Jason. Uh, Angus Beef is much better. Yeah. If you were a wrestler, what would your walkout music be? Ooh, man. Um, oh, man. That's a great. What's the uh, what's that song from the Mannequin movie? That's uh, It's Jefferson Starship. It's, uh, oh, crap. What is it? Help me out here, man. I know you know. You know Jefferson Starship, man. I, uh, I'll just... Google's Jefferson. Well, actually, we'll find another question to ask you that might have a long answer. And while you're doing that, I will Google. What is the scariest movie you've ever watched? Dude, I don't know about scary, but uh, a Serbian film is the most anxiety-ridden movie I've ever watched. This shit was like white knuckle watching. I was sweating. I was like, please don't let what's happening happen and it happened, and I was very uncomfortable when it was done. So, like, just grotesque? Uh, you know what, man? I'm going to let people Google that one. Because <laughs> 
It's yeah, it's grotesque. I'll put it that way. Nothing's gonna stop us now. Nothing's gonna stop us now. There we go. So that that's it. It's kind of low energy for walkout. No man, nothing's gonna stop us now. Oh, man. that's true. That's it, it picks up yeah. a lot of. Good one. You know, so far you have been the first guest that has been able to quickly answer every one of these questions. Well, I mean, very I, I, was, I was quick to respond to some of them. I don't know about to answer all yeah, of them. Close enough. <laughs> you're, now you're just splitting hairs. <laughs> what is the best color of Starburst? Pink. It's a fact. That is correct. Yeah, you were wrong about the pineapple, but you were spot on <laughs> with Starburst. Is it acceptable to use a gift card on a first date? Oh, what? No way, dude. <laughs> really? Oh, dude, that just feels... Even thinking about that makes me feel gross. <laughs> you feel dirty? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man. Oh, yeah. If, if I was a woman and a guy did that to me, I would, I would just walk away. I, I'd get an Uber. I wouldn't even say anything. What's scarier, aliens or clowns? Oh, man. Um, that, that's, that's a tough one because clowns are traditionally more scary, but I'm not a huge fan of getting anal probed. So if we're talking about those <laughs> aliens, then I'm going to go with aliens. Uh, that's, that's the correct answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Flats or drumsticks? What is it? Flat? Oh, for chicken wings? Yeah. Uh, Man, I'm a juvenile on this one, dude. Drummies. I'm like a kid. <laughs> With your qualifier, I'll accept that, but the correct answer is flats. <laughs> I mean, it, you could have taken even worse and said boneless, I guess. Oh, no, man. Those are just saucy nugs. <laughs> what would you rather have, the ability to fly or a million dollars? The ability to fly, because then I could easily steal a million dollars. That is the correct. Boom. I, I usually don't go with the steal possibilities from flying, but I figure you could earn. Oh but you're also right. You could definitely steal well, like a, a million dollars. A flying Uber? You're just going to like pick people up and take them places? A sideshow or like something. Like, definitely. Oh, wait, man. I'll get away. Quick cash, dude. Your flying tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. Yep. Would you rather hear... Good news or bad news first? Oh, bad news first. That, I, the people who say good news first are psychos. They are. They're I don't understand man. why they, you would want to hear like something great depressed. and then like be brought down. Yeah, doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. If you're on, if you're sitting on an airplane in the middle seat, which armrest is yours? Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, get the fuck away from me. These Both. are mine. <laughs> Iced or hot coffee? Hot. Actually, uh, if, I, if I'm hungover, iced coffee. Who would play you in a movie about your life? Whoa, man, that's fucking great. I'm going to go uh, Ryan Gosling, obviously, would play me. Yeah. Because we're both amazingly good looking. <laughs> I, I, um, there, there's a couple breweries when they have festivals have me set up and, and just ask just these questions to a bunch of the breweries that are like during the brewery party. Uh -huh. One of the last ones I did, there was like five people that answered Jason Statham. <laughs> really? Were they yeah. all bald? <laughs> it was just, it was so weird. That is weird, man. Oh, dude, he's, he's like a, I don't know. He's like a poor man's uh, Bruce Willis. What is the best Robin Williams movie? Whoa. Oh, man. That's a great one. Um, the correct answer is a deep cut, so keep that in mind. Is a deep cut for a Robin Williams movie? Um, At least I, I kind of think it is. 
damn, dude, I don't know, man. Like, off the top of my head, I'm just throwing it through. Like, what have I fucking really enjoyed? Like, this is Doubtfire. That's, that's the most deep, common that's, answer. That's not a, it's not a, yeah, it's not a deep cut. Uh, I really love Hook. That's a, that's a great, great one. Yeah, um, another great one. Not as good as his best, though. Oh, uh, fuck. Give me a clue. Give me a clue. Um, he has a mundane job in the... Yeah. A non-existent job in the movie. Non-existent. At a store that no longer, at a type of store that no longer exists. Dude, I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. One right hour now. photo. Oh yeah, dude, that's very underrated too. Yeah. That, and that's a newer one too. That's one where he's like, a, he's like a crazy. Yeah, he like, starts stalking, starts stalking. Pe- people that always brought oh, photos man, into I him. Forgot all of I was thinking funny. I wasn't even thinking like yeah. weird. Late in life, Robin Williams when he's his, doing like crazy shit. His performance in that was amazing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Oh yeah, good one. If you were, if you needed to have a plumbing issue fixed, who would you hire, Mario or Luigi? Oh man, um, Luigi. I don't know why I was gonna go with it because it was John Leguizamo <laughs> in the movie. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what is the maximum amount of time? acceptable to pass and still be able to pick something up and eat it off the ground. What do you, what do you mean? Like you say, I, I did word that in the absolute worst way possible. You mean like the five second rule? So, yeah, you drop oh, something I, on the food, What's drop I, something on the floor, what's the longest? I don't, I don't have a one. I have, I have an infinity second rule. Like, <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I will eat food out of a trash can. I mean, you, you, <laughs> we do have the quote of you would be was it scared or surprised at what's been in my mouth? I yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Find the tape. <laughs> um, I think I got all the good ones. Let's see. Oh, it's boring. Oh, um, if you were a Spice Girl, what would your name be? Like if you were an additional Spice Man, Girl. Man, I'm like, I want to think of something more clever than Old Spice. But I feel like that applies way better. <laughs> I kind of want to deduct points, but I'll allow it. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, man, is there, yeah, is there, like, nasty spice? Can we go with that oh, one? Here's one. <laughs> What's the worst concert you've ever attended? <gasps> Ooh, um, worst concert. I don't know, because I probably fucking forget about it. The second I, like, drive home, I'm like... Um, I did go see uh, the Dead Kennedys and uh, Necromantics a couple months ago. The concert itself was really good, but the woman I was with got completely trashed to where she was literally falling down in the yeah, venue. Oh yeah, that's like no spread eagle, like huh. just showing it all off. And it was like it was. We had to leave early because of it. So that was probably the worst. Name a famous person you would love to meet. Oh man, um, like living or dead? Either. Or, either a famous person. Besides myself? Yes. Oh, um, man, I don't know. Probably Salvador Dali. That would definitely be interesting. Yeah. It would have to be. There's no yeah. way it couldn't be. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I know that's a good time right there. All right, Jason, thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome. Uh, I think this was great. As I said, yeah. you're the first person Ching. to quickly answer every question. Yeah. Uh, so you win. I win. Even though you got two of the... <laughs> 
tent pole answers wrong. Yeah, that's uh, all right. What do I win? Tell me it's $100,000 because I could use that. Uh, that's not this game. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.